Hey, what is going on, guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here to break down the USFL Week 3 main slate. We still have some pretty decent-sized contests up, up top, 25K to first in the big one. Um, if you guys are new to the channel, welcome. I do make content for USFL, uh, for NBA. Uh, I cover uh, Prize Picks, uh, which is the sponsor of today's video, and uh, NBA Top Shot. Like I said, Prize Picks, if you are a new user, you can use my discount code DKDFS for a 100% match up to $100. I've been giving some um, picks over on Twitter for uh, USFL. They all hit last week, which is great. Um, you know, there's a pretty big edge. It's all about information, right? So the reason we took the under on these three players was uh, Michigan called up a third running back. So they had three active running backs. And Philadelphia called up a third running back, where a majority of teams only had two running backs. Um, so that's why we took the under in all three. They all hit. However, they did give Colbert the DNP, even though he was dressed because I guess he didn't play a snap. But um, yeah, the other two uh, hit with ease. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. I'll be giving some picks uh, on there as we get you know injury reports. Uh, usually Thursday and Friday is when we do get those. Um, and then as far as DFS goes, uh, we did have some big winners. Congrats, Tommy. He's turned, what, $17 into almost 1000 That is a phenomenal ROI. Um, me, however, I've actually missed uh, in tournaments the first two weeks in GPPs. I had Tiamu last week, who was super, a, a big letdown. Um, frustrating to watch that game, but um, I've, I've had better success so far in the showdown. But hopefully, hopefully, I will have a big night uh, or big week uh, for GPPs for the main slate on week three. So, um, if you guys are looking for in depth content, I do offer that on patreon.com. Um, I'll have player pool videos uh, for the main and the late showdown slate, a uh, live stream, cash plays, GBP plays, core plays, if then statements. Also, um, I do uh, post all these stats over on my Patreon, uh, nice color-coded. Um, so this is just uh, running backs, for example, uh, data from PPF. But um, yeah, uh, this is pretty important information. I post all of this over on Patreon.com. Okay, so let's talk about this four-game slate. Let's first go over the Vegas odds. So Tampa Bay and Houston's the first game here. We got 39 over under. Tampa Bay are one-point favorites. Birmingham and New Orleans is the highest projected scoring game. I think that makes sense. It's a 44.5 over under uh, with New Orleans being 3.5-point favorites. Pittsburgh and Michigan's a 38.5 over under. Michigan are 2.5-point favorites. Lowest total, and that also makes sense. Michigan, more of a ground-to-pound team. Same with Pittsburgh. And then New Jersey and Philadelphia is the late game on Sunday. It's a 40.5 over under, and Philadelphia are one-point favorites. Okay, so we'll start off with quarterback. And at quarterback, uh, a lot of teams did split snaps. So there were five quarterbacks that played 100% of the snaps. Uh, Shea Patterson, Brian Scott, Josh Love, Jamar Smith, and Kyle Slaughter. Um, we know DeAndre Johnson and Luis Perez for New Jersey have been splitting uh, the quarterback snaps. If they continue to do that, it's really hard to play either of them. Um, for Tampa Bay, like I said, Tiamu really did not play well. He didn't have the best luck either. A lot of drop passes from his wide receivers, but they played a little bit of Brady White, mainly in garbage time though. Um, and then for Houston, uh, they did somewhat split the snaps. Thorson played about 70%. Uh, Kenji Bahar played about 20%. So there were some, um, again, uh, three teams actually that, that used uh, multiple quarterbacks. So I think we'll want to focus on the teams that, you know, are only using one quarterback. Now, top end, I still think you can consider Tiamu. I think it'll be very low owned. He was one of the most popular plays in high stakes. I think it goes for a good reason, right? He's a guy that has rushing upside. We saw it more so in, in week two than we did week one. 
He just didn't have a lot of luck, a lot of drop passes. I would think he bounces back, but definitely more of a contrarian play. Shea Patterson did play 100% of the snaps. However, he didn't look great under 50% completion uh, percentage. So definitely more of a contrarian play as well. Um, the sweet spot here is kind of this uh, mid-range, I guess. So like Brian Scott, Philadelphia uh, is a team that wants to air it out. Uh, and they threw 36 times now back-to-back games. We did see a little bit of rushing upside from him too, running one into the ground. Um, so I think Scott, you know, I talked about a lot, liking him a lot last week. Um, I think the ownership will jump, but obviously you think he makes for one of the better plays. Kyle Slaughter as well. New Orleans has been a pretty pass heavy team. Doesn't really have the rushing upside. Also got a little bit banged up. So we'll keep an eye on the injury report for him, but, um, this is projected to be the highest scoring game. And New Orleans is also uh, one of the more dynamic offenses. I, I think in this league, Jamar Smith, keep an eye on Magoo news. Magoo missed last game. So they had to call up an emergency quarterback as the backup. If Magoo plays, then I think there's a chance to get split snaps. But if Magoo's once again out, I think you would see 100% snaps with Jamar Smith. And the positive here is the rushing upside, right? He is really a guy that can get it down in the ground. He had 30 yards on the ground last week. Um, and then Josh Love. So um, it was, wasn't awful. Threw the ball 39 times, surprisingly, for Pittsburgh, who was more run first team. I think you can consider him, but definitely more of a contrarian option. Now, running back, like I said, it's all about opportunities. And things can change from when I make this video, right? We saw a couple of those teams call up another running back and had three active running backs. So things can definitely change. But we want to focus on opportunity, really. So um, starting at the top end, I think BJ Edmonds is kind of just fine. I do think he'll be a little bit over-owned. Uh, Percentage-wise, he played about half uh, half the game. Um, I do think he's the better of the two backs between him and Washington. Did have four targets. Um, so I think he's a fine option, but, uh, he has gotten in the end zone, um, or he didn't get in the end zone last week, but, um, I think he's, he's a fair play. Might be a little bit over-owned. Uh, Darnell Holland actually barely played last game. Um, again, Philadelphia did technically have three active running backs too. Stevie Scott from Michigan, like I said, they had three active running backs and he only had seven carries. So a little bit of a tough time to go there. Now, TJ Logan, once again, I like. I've been all over this guy the first couple of weeks. Now, he's not like he's playing a ton of the snaps. He's splitting it pretty evenly with Jordan Ellis. However, he is clearly their pass catcher, and they actually run a lot of uh, screens to TJ Logan. And we know DraftKings full point PPR, um, that does boost the appeal to Logan. I will say he has gotten a little bit lucky with touchdown variance. He's gotten back-to-back touchdowns so far. Don't think that continues, but the involvement in the pass game makes me like him a good amount. Groshek and Madre London, the two running backs here for Pittsburgh. I'm not as confident with this Pittsburgh um, offense, even though they did have a better week last week. I think, you know, Groshek would be the preferred target. Um, he played a, a bit more than Madre London last week, did have 18 carries as well, but not in love with it. Uh, Birmingham, you have Tony Brooks-James, uh, played about half the snaps, kind of just a neutral play to me. Uh, Dawkins, so him and Thompson are splitting the duties, but uh, Thompson has been playing more. The only downside is Mark Thompson, however, He's really not involved in the passing game at all. Now, CJ Marable, 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 I don't know how to pronounce his name. I probably should learn that. But I think he stands out as a decent play here at 6K for Birmingham. So uh, played about half the game, but uh, he has been involved in the uh, passing game. So uh, I think he's a fair option to target their back-to-back weeks. But one guy that really stands out, I think will be popular, but for good reason, is Trey Williams. He's only 5'6". Now, sure, he only had nine carries. But like I said, it's a passing game involvement, right? Four targets and five targets in, in the first couple of weeks. And he played the most out of any running back playing at 67% of the snaps. He ran around 81% of the time. So 
Uh, Trey Williams really stands out. Jordan Ellis, I think, is a fair play. He's more the bruiser, right? They have a thunder lightning. He's the thunder aspect of it, which is not great for DFS because he's not going to be involved as much in the pass game where Logan is more the pass catcher. But, you know, if he pounds one in the ground, he can have a pretty good game because he'll be uh, more of the early down back. So definitely have some consideration there for Ellis. Um, outside of that, again, if Michigan continues to, to only run three running or continue to have three running backs, have a hard time going to a guy like Scarlett. Um, Paul Terry. So Philadelphia, again, they had three active running backs. Colburn did not play. And Holland, like, barely played. So we'll keep an eye on this news if, if maybe they only have two running backs here. But Paul Terry was pretty heavily involved. And he's only 3.4K. Uh, played 64% of the snaps last week. But that could be cha- uh, subject to change depending on the status of the other two backs. So, uh, like I said, uh, what I said, say now, could definitely change depending on those injury reports. So, always important to follow me on Twitter. I'll be giving some some information out there. You know, giving some prize picks as well. And then Patreon, I will I have all this information posted as well. All right, at wide receiver. So, wide receiver, like I said, kind of like running back, it's all about opportunity. So, um, there's a few teams that ran their receivers, um, or pretty tight rotations of receivers. So, one of those teams was Philadelphia. Let's just start there. Um, you know, we have Gray and uh, Roland miss last game. So, they only really played three wide receivers, Philadelphia. DeAndre Overton played 100% of the snaps. Jordan Sewell played uh, 100% of the snaps. And Maurice Alexander played 98% of the snaps. Now, on Twitter, I gave out one of my favorite contrarian plays was Maurice Alexander. Um, he was 1% owned and went for 29 fantasy points, a complete slate breaker. So uh, that was massive. And the reason I liked him was he was the flat man price. He didn't play the previous week. But if you looked at the roster, Philadelphia, like they didn't, they were very thin at wide receivers. So that was my reasoning for liking Maurice Alexander. And it paid off in a big, big way. So Sewell or Swell, I think it's Sewell or Swell. Uh, oh, Alexander, apologize if I'm mispronouncing some of these names. And Overton are all good options. Then Bud Howard uh, got a pretty big snap increase last week with Philadelphia being thin at wide receiver. He played on over 80% of snaps, did have five targets. And like I said, from my week one video, he's a converted wide receiver. So if Philadelphia only has those wide receivers active again, only three wide receivers, I think you got to be, uh, you know, uh, you, you got to like the Philadelphia guys. So um, Philadelphia was the team I wanted to, to start with. Michigan also ran a relatively tight wide receiver uh, group. They played two wide receivers over 90% of the snaps. That was Lance Lenore and Devin Ross. Lance Lenore had 164 air yards and played 97% of the snaps and had nine targets. So he's very heavily involved, even though the Michigan offense has struggled a bit. Um, I think he makes for one of the better sped up wide receivers. Um, and then keep an eye on the news here. So um, Joe Walker wasn't active. Devin Ross, however, did play 90 plus percent of the snaps. So I think he's a fair value. If they do activate Joe Walker or a couple, or like Jeff Bidette, then um, you know will uh, you know would would make me less would make me like Ross less. Still would have interest in Lenore, who's been very clearly their number one wide receiver. All right, uh, Birmingham was another team that played a couple wide receivers very heavy. So uh, you saw. Birmingham play Victor Bolden, 94% of snaps, Marlon Williams, 89%, and Osiris Mitchell, 81%. And we kind of saw that from week one as well. So they've been playing their three main wide receivers a ton. And I think all three make for good options. Again, this is projected to be the highest scoring game. You've seen uh, an average of 10 targets through two weeks, which is amazing for a guy like Victor Bolden. Now, sure, he's not getting targeting on the deep balls, but I think he's a pretty high floor and they clearly want to get this guy involved. So 
I think Bolden makes for a very good spend up. Osiris Mitchell, back-to-back games of seven targets. He's more of the big body wide receiver, maybe a little bit of a higher ceiling. And Marlon Williams mentioned, uh, you know, that he was very involved week one, even though he didn't catch a ball. Still played a good amount of snaps last week, did have a touchdown. So all three of the Birmingham wide receivers, I think, make for pretty good options. And then New Orleans was another team I want to mention because New Orleans has, um, you know, been one of probably the best offense so far through two weeks. And there's a couple, there's one guy that really stands out. I think it'll be a popular value, but Jonathan Adams, I don't know if you watched that game. He had an amazing one-handed catch. Um, I think he's actually one of the better wide receivers in this league. And he's only 3.8K. He played 82% of the snaps. They did play four wide receivers, but you saw 80 plus percent of the snaps for, for Adams and 80 plus percent for Sean Poindexter, who of course catches a touchdown the next week. Uh, you know, I played in week one. We literally did nothing. But yeah, Poindexter in play, a big body wide receiver, caught a touchdown last week. But I think Adams, for his price, looks like the best point per dollar play. He makes for a great option. Um, don't know if I get to anyone else. Former NFL wide receiver Taewon Taylor played this week. He did a five catch and five targets. I guess as a contrarian option, he's fine. Played at 63% of the snaps. Um, all right. Was there anything else I wanted to bring up here? Let's see. I think that's kind of it for wide receiver. I guess for Tampa Bay, you did have a couple guys play 90 plus percent of the snaps. You saw Jordan Lashley and Franklin play 90% of the snaps. You also saw Franklin get some uh, wildcat duties. He had four carries. So they do want to get this guy involved. He's only 3.2K. And then Lashley's at 5.3. Um, did have five targets back-to-back weeks, but hasn't really done much with those targets. All right, and let's finish up with tight end. So tight end, um, it was a big week for week one, not as much for week two. Um, there's still a couple guys that I think are, are viable here. Like I said, Buck Howard, probably one of the better options if Philadelphia has that same, uh, only the three uh, wide receivers active again. And he played 80 plus plus on the snap. So like I said, information is key here. Buck Howard, uh, definitely a guy that we still want to have some interest in. Uh, Kerry Angeline had a big week, week one, not as much week two, uh, but did have three targets. So again, playable, but a lot of these tight ends, uh, snap counts dropped. Sal Canella still played a, a majority of the game, played on uh, almost 90% of the snaps. He's 5.4K. He's in the New Orleans offense. Again, the targets did go down on him a bit. And then the guy that had the massive week last week uh, did lose snaps. That was Cheyenne O'Grady. Um, he played at like 100% of snaps week one, uh, only 60% week two. So that's definitely a pretty big downgrade. Now, he is very clearly one of the better pass-catching tight ends in this league. But I would say all those tight ends are definitely more contrarian options. You can still go to them for tournaments, those guys I mentioned. But I think they're a bit riskier than some of the other wide receivers that we've talked about. So... That'll wrap it up for the video today, guys. If you have been enjoying the USFL videos, make sure to hit the like button, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. And like I said, follow me on Twitter. I'll be giving away some, some good information there. Uh, but thanks again, guys. Appreciate you guys as always, and I'll see you in the next video.